Good afternoon and welcome to Screenfish Radio. I'm so glad you could join us today and Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. We are talking about Spirited. And uh, for this, our Christmas Spectacular. We had to pull, pull from the depths of the American South. Will Ferrell expert, Heather Johnson. Welcome back, Heather. Hey, th thank you for that introduction. It's not exactly, I wouldn't say far south. Kentucky's kind of, you know, in the middle. I don't want to offend anybody from like Alabama because, um, you know, they, they own the south-south part of, of the U.S. But anyway, yes, thank you. Um, I don't know if I'm a total Will Ferrell expert, but I love this movie, so I'm glad we get to talk about it. Well, um, to be fair, Canada or the Toronto Raptors own the We the North slogan as their tagline, and one year we were playing the Chicago Bulls in the playoffs, and they proved that they were actually further north than we are, so you're further south than we are, so... <laughs> From where I'm at right now. That is, that is accurate. That is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Just by a smidge. Spirited is a reimagining of the famed Charles Dickens novel, A Christmas Carol, and begins uh, telling the story of where for two, nearly two centuries, Jacob Marley and the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and yet to come have led a team of afterlight spirits in, to help find and redeem one new human soul or perp every Christmas. Christmas present, played by Will Ferrell, has been eligible for retirement for decades. However, when he encounters Clint Briggs, Christmas present decides to lean fully in to see this one character, to see this one man step into the light. And as always, this podcast is rated S for spoilers. Um, but Heather, I know you're a fan of, of Dickens and, and those stories. Um, what did you think of Spirited? Yeah, um, definitely a fan of most of the most most renditions of A Christmas Carol. I can't say that I've seen all of them, and I definitely have my list. But I mean, my one of my kids' name is Timothy, so with the reference to Tiny Tim in A Christmas Carol, that's just like how much I just love this story and the idea of redemption and how it, you know, brought Christmas back into a light, into a, a holiday that truly, you know, celebrates relationship and joy and generosity. Um, so it's always just had a special place in my heart. And this version, you know, you may, one may think, oh, well, then we want real classical versions of it, you know, that's that stick to the book or really stay true to the to the Dickens-esque look and feel. And what Spirited did, it still did that, but in a completely new way. And I was engaged from like the first minute on. Um, I do love Will Ferrell. I mean, I haven't seen everything because I can't see everything by everybody. Um, but when he is in his element, he brings it home and this was just a the best of Will Ferrell characters I felt rolled into the ghost of Christmas present um and then yeah you pull in Ryan Reynolds who's Ryan Reynolds Octavia Spencer I mean uh, she was an absolute you know delight in this movie as well and the just the dynamic they had and the chemistry um and I can't wait to get more into just how 
it's a musical, like it's a musical. And I was like, that really just really set it home for me. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, this is going to be good. You know, I, I was really nervous and I was really nervous because the last time Will Ferrell said, we're going to do a, this, this traditional story with a new take, we got bewitched and that was awful. Like that was really bad. Uh, even though I yeah. like Nicole Kidman, she did pretty good work and I love Will Ferrell. Um, it, it's the movie's not good. Like it's just not, it's just not well done. Yeah. It's not one of my favorites. Yeah. And, and so with, with spirited, you know, to, to, for, to be told that we're going to get a new take on a Christmas Carol, I thought good grief. Like how many times this, this film has been done. This story has been done in so many different ways and so many different people, but it has never been done quite like this. And not just because it's a mm -hmm. musical, because there are musicals. There's one on Netflix. Oh yeah. Now, but um, but they 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 sort. It's almost a sequel to A Christmas Carol, which is really interesting how that plays out. Yeah, the way you just phrased that right there, I think that was kind of a piece of it that I was missing when I talk. We talk about it like being reimagined or whatever. I think sequel is a very fair term. To describe it um simply because it's the the carrying on of the tradition of christmas eve and of this story and you know an individual being singled out and going through their past their present and you know in the future and it so it, it kept the formula but it brought it you know into what could what would that look like today i mean i think that was just such a beautiful bridging and when you really get into that, you know, you've when when the spirit world really comes into the present world as uh, the ghost of Christmas present is really trying to lean in and help this character, Clint, played by Ryan Reynolds, you know, to be redeemed because he's been stamped on his file that he's unredeemable and that there's no hope for him whatsoever. You really start to see it's just how all the pieces work together and the, the Dickens elements and the clothing and the way of speaking with, you know, 2022 and social media and, you know, how we drag each other through the mud in order to make a dollar. Like it is just, it just kind of, it really just, it really worked. It really worked. And Ryan Reynolds character of Clint, man, when he goes out there and he starts that Christmas tree feud and goes just the into the musical right back into it and it was just like I was like but that's how it works that's how it works and when somebody and earlier you know this whole like oh he goes against the Canadian grain yeah he doesn't wear mittens or whatever <laughs> like there's a not nice here's some not nice Canadians right so you know we'll we'll throw a little nod to you there Steve I mean there are a couple of us that are not nice I mean that the... You know, we keep them in the back. Um, that's where we, we usually put them. Uh, yeah. What is it about this story? Because I know that you know, like you said, you love you love the story, not just of Spirited, but the Christmas Carol. Mm -hmm. What is it about the story that you love so much? And are is there a particular telling of it, a version of it that you connect with more than others? And that's gosh, I could talk for an hour on what I love about. A Christmas Carol and just the different versions of it because I, I think the most I guess it, it's a twofold kind of thing for me for one it really is nostalgia like I grew up with certain versions of this story Mickey Mouse Christmas Carol still 
top notch, top tier, top three. And the, I believe it's the 1970 version with Albert Finney called Scrooge. And first off, Albert Finney, hello. Um, to he, you know, where he's playing his present self and his Scrooge self, like it's just, it's just absolutely incredible to me. But I have those memories that are tied to just these stories. And um, then, but as I've gotten older, I don't think redemption is a topic we should ever stop talking about. Mm. And I think A Christmas Carol makes it accessible. Like we can talk very philosophical, you can talk religious, you can talk about the terrible things people do. But I think it's one of those questions, is it possible to not be redeemed? Mm. And, you know, I think some of us would come up with different answers. I don't even know if I'd have the same answer if we talk about every person. Like, you know, it's, it's a tough question, but A Christmas Carol gives us a framework to ask that question. And it journeys, you journey with Scrooge in Christmas Carol and in such a way where it also kind of invites you to think about yourself. Okay, when, when he, he's going through his past life. So when Clint is going, you know, when the ghost of Christmas present takes Clint through his past, you know, to bring it back to Spirited, um, you know, he lost a sister. We relate to that, you know, in the original version of A Christmas Carol, you go into the past, you know, it was rough relationships or being, you know, growing up thinking your value was was in money. Um, they're universal themes, no matter which generation is creating the film and whether it's set in the Dickens time or set in the modern time, you know, our past shapes us into how we're living into our present. And I think we would all like to think we could have some insight into our future based on who we are now. And it demonstrates these stories and Spirited did this in a way that made me like angry, not in a bad way angry though, but like the way Spirited did it with the impact of how he was guiding his niece to make a decision that would have deathly consequences for another person. We don't think about that anymore how a little press of an enter button on a keyboard could literally mean somebody's death. And I think too with Spirited, that was heavy. It was relatable. It was done well within the script of the story, but it also didn't over overwhelm or overshadow the journey that was still to come, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't matter when it's gonna be set the story is the story and it's structured and written and Dickens wrote it in such a way where it makes sense to me today. It made sense to me when I was like a kid. It yeah. made sense to generations before and I think it'll continue to make sense. And just the way Spirited did it, it was unexpected, but it still, it just, it just stayed true. I mean, it was just absolutely delightful. I mean, it's one of my top three now. Like I just loved the, the way, and, and you've got different characters. You know, you look at A Christmas Carol and primarily the character in the journey you're focused on is Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah. Like you're focused on his past and present. Spirited brings multiple people's stories to the front. You see multiple characters wrestling with where they are now and what it could mean. And that really stood out to me. Um, especially when you look at Octavia Spencer's character, whose name I totally just drew a blank on, her character's name. It is 
Um, Kimberly. Kimberly. I was going to say, like, I think I was going to say Kimberly or Leslie. I don't know why. Anyway, you look at Kimberly where she's, you know, is she a main character to where, you know, the ghost of Christmas present and, you know, Clint are clearly the focal points? No. But her journey is just as poignant, if not more so, because she's not a main character as far as, as, as this particular story goes. And I think that is one of the things that Spirited did that was new is we're seeing other characters, you know, we're seeing the ghost and we're even still the ghost of Christmas present, you know, Will Ferrell's character, he's still reliving his journey and asking questions about where his future, you know, would have taken him, taken him, would have taken him. And um, I just think that is, again, Spirited just did some very special things very subtly, in my opinion. I, I like what you pointed out there. I would say it was interesting. You say that the story happen, can happen. It doesn't matter what time it's set. I'm not sure about that. Because um, that was one of the things that I said when a film was over. To me, this one is, I, I enjoyed it. It was so it was so good. But there's sometimes you find when you're like, that's a Christmas classic for me now. I would say this one is not one for me because it's so contemporary in its style um that as much as i enjoyed it it's not like like the this is ryan reynolds you know national treasure um uh, up here in canada but he canadian claim to fame pardon i didn't hear you canadian claim to fame that's right quite proudly he's one of the few of us that's quite proud um but I mean, the, he has a certain style that fits a certain moment in time. Like it's, you know, hmm. so I feel like the humor in this won't translate as well in 20 years as it does now. The music may, and it could be beloved. Uh, when Elf was made, going back to, to Farrell for a minute, it, it told a story that didn't, that didn't matter what time it was. And you can watch it now and it's totally dated. Like cell phones are non-existent yeah. and it's like you know it's just but it still feels sort of like a classical christmas story you know and there's sort of like you talk about nostalgia i think i think the dickens story i think the structure of it can can happen at any time but i mm -hmm. think if you're doing the yes. dickens story it's a little harder to do i love what they did with it here because it sort of acknowledged like scrooge's journey like we're spoilers here so it's like scrooge's journey continues in in such a beautiful way it's like okay well we heard this iconic character we saw the change what happened next but without making it mm -hmm. too painful like it's not like scrooge to the scroogening you know it's it's sort of like well what what about if he's in the same position and i love that about it i love that about it. i'm just not sure if if in 10 years or 12 years or 20 years it's going to have the same impact as say as say hmm. elf or or some of the more classic films but i think it's excellent and i love what you're saying there about it because i think the story for today speaks speaks in a different way yes um then then even that we we could have heard this story like it's interesting i would love to, i would love to know from your perspective uh i mean we're, we can talk about I, eventually, I want to get to the question of, is anybody irredeemable? But I guess before I, we even talk about that, I guess, 
today, what does that mean? Because when Christmas, when Christmas Carol was written, it was what the 1700s or 1800s or something, whenever it was, whenever it was done. But the way that currently in our culture, the way that we look at damage done, hmm. it it's it happens different. It hits different. You know, I, I and I'm talking about the relevancy of say, you know, online cyberbullying, which was so beautifully done. I love that they incorporated that and that it wasn't like his own death. It was somebody else's. Yeah. Um, I appreciated that so much. But uh, I just wonder what you think about that and what that means for today. I think that's a fantastic question. And it does go back to the whole, you know, what, what, too, what makes something timeless? Um, and how do you tell it in the context it's in? Because if we were to think of something like, you know, going back to the original Dickens story and back to an original Ebenezer Scrooge, his impact would have been felt very deeply, but very localized, mm. you know? Whereas if we're asking that question of ourselves, now, you know, as far as being redeemable or whatnot, um, our very small actions have a much broader impact than it would have, you know, hundreds of years ago. And, and I think that is what within Spirited too, though, as well, that I think they do well. And again, subtly is, yes, since we already hit the spoiler where the ghost of Christmas present is actually Ebenezer Scrooge. I remember the exact moment where I knew that's where it was going. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm here for this. I'm here for this. But even still, as he's gone through time, it's that question of what would I have stayed good? Or what would have, what, what is the would have that would have happened? And he's been able to journey and see what those impacts that other people are having. And that's why, you know, when he asked in the very beginning, are we making enough of a ripple with the original, you know, perp, as they called him um, in the beginning of the movie, the hotel owner, are we making a big enough ripple? And I think he has learned to see that that ripple, it really is big and far reaching. And when we ask ourselves about redemption, and again, this is why I think it's such an important story in general and a hard one is, I think redemption may look different for us than maybe it did when Dickens first wrote this story. Um, and you even look at that at Clint. Clint's like, I haven't changed as a person. I'm gonna wake up in the morning and do the same thing. You know, thanks for all of this. I'm just gonna roll with it. Cause you know, I'm happy. I don't really care about my redemption. And it really was, they had, you know, it wasn't until they made Clint's story kind of sidelined to Scrooge's story, to Will Ferrell's story, that Clint started to actually change. He wasn't necessarily impacted by his own life's story. He was getting impacted more by Will Ferrell's story. And that, again, is something that I think is, is reminiscent and reflective of Dickens' original story, where you see Scrooge on how his, he, he starts to think about his life in the light of how it's impacted others. You know, you look at, um, you know, you look at, um, oh, he just lost their names. Oh, Bob Cratchit's family. Like, can't believe I just did that. Um, but with Clint, he never cares about his own salvation, so to speak. Mm. He, he, it's never, he just doesn't care. And he owns that. But he starts to care about other people. And in doing so, finds redemption. And I think that when we ask ourselves, is anyone unredeemable? You know, the, a follow-up question, I guess, 
could be something like, can this person learn to care about others instead of, you know, not say focusing on themselves, but, you know, they can say, oh, I don't care about where I'm going. And, you know, you and I as as individuals that profess a Christian faith, you know, redemption has a lot of layers and, you know, our salvation, what it means to change and love others. Um, and, you know, that's a specific context to us. But in general, as a whole, you know, redemption, since it is a, I think it can be a complicated question, it also has its place within, you know, within time. And I feel like I'm just like rambling, but that's no, just, you know, I'm, you know, I'm excited about something when I just keep talking. Um, but yeah, I think, again, it's, I mean, there are people that I'd, I'd probably want to say no, they cannot be redeemed because the damage is too far done because damage looks, our damage looks different in 2022 than it did. Um, not that it is more as far as individual impact, but it is so far reaching. Are there things you cannot be forgiven for? I think that's a hard question. I think it's a question we should never stop asking, which is why I find a Christmas Carol so important. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. There's like, that's, man, it's such a big question. Um, and I think, I, I like that you put the emphasis on thinking of others first, because I think, you know, uh, having grown up in the church myself, I think we put the emphasis on ourselves and the individual you know it oh oh just personal salvation personal, personal relationships salvation. with jesus yeah say the right prayer and then you're good to go and you're you're fine yeah. you don't near you don't really have to take ownership or actually i mean you you'll change eventually but i think now we've gotten much wiser with our understanding of what it means to change and to be changed um and i think we see where where clint goes you know, it, it happens awfully quickly at the end in some ways, it, you know, that I guess it always yes. did in the Christmas Carol, but that was my, my one thing is like, oh, oh, we've, we've taken all this time. And then we had sort of a, a, a short run off the, a short, we had a long, long taxi. On the I run feel like it worked flight. though. It does work. It does work. I think it worked because at the end of it, it wasn't Clint's story. It was, no, it was like Scrooge's story. But I don't know if it's only his story. Like it's their story and the no, impact no. of the relationship. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's an interconnectedness there that taps into the things you're talking about there too, because one story impacts another. Uh, yes. Going back to that, there are multiple stories in this. Yeah. Multiple stories in this. You know, it's, and I like that. Like I said, I I didn't. I don't know whether I wasn't. I actually thought his boss was going to be the one that was Scrooge, maybe because he just sort of looked like Scrooge, but it turned out he was Jacob Marley. Um, yeah. But I mean, it, it's it's fascinating to me because yes, that's a key question. I mean, for someone like for for Scrooge, because it's like, well, I any I think uh, Clint even says anybody can be good for three weeks, right? You know, it's sort of like this question mm -hmm. of yeah, isn't that great? Like like at the end, he said, "I'm going back to work," you know, and there's this assumption that that. Scrooge would have done the same, you know, feel good on Christmas day, yeah. and, but what happens on, by new year's? Um, and I think that, gosh, that, and don't we do that every single day? Yeah. Yeah. We, we have great Christmas feelings and people talk about the Christmas spirit throughout the rest of the year. Man, we're crap at it though. 
most of us. <laughs> Maybe not, that's a generalization. But if you think about it too, with the Christmas, we feel good on Christmas. We feel good on Christmas. We maybe we feel good for a few days after Christmas, but when we're back off of vacation, we're back in the offices, people are getting on our nerves, you know, how quickly we forget what it means to have a Christmas spirit. I was thinking about that just the other day because there's some some gifts in that that I may not hand out till January. And I thought to myself, I thought, oh, I mean, we localize it around the holiday and there's a long ramp up to Christmas. Like there's like a six to seven week ramp up to Christmas. Um, and then I mean, it's I over. start Halloween. I'd rather just skip oh, Halloween. Bless. I agree. Uh, I would have this up all year and change Our the views direction. just went down, Steve. Our views just went down. We have views? No. <laughs> People are watching. <sighs> no, in all in all seriousness, though, I would absolutely I love, I love the ramp up to Christmas. I love it. But you're right, after Boxing Day, it's like there's there's a couple of days where it's sort of like Eh, you know, there's that the, the three or four days between that and New Year's and there's sort of nobody really knows what to do during those days because one big holiday, another big holiday. But I mean, there's a reason that Blue Monday is the third Monday in January and it, January is the month with the most suicides. Like January yeah. is, and, is horrible in that way. Yeah, we've given up. Christmas it, is over. It is. And exactly. And I mean, I don't blame people. Like, I'm not going to call people out because they're like, I take my tree down the day after Christmas. But really, Christmas starts on Christmas. And, it, you know, from a church calendar standpoint. And and I know, again, that's that's my particular world. But that's what I do appreciate about liturgy um, is Christmas starts on Christmas. And then it goes, the Christmas season goes into epiphany. Um, so we've been in Advent this whole time of anticipation we haven't, you know, we're getting in, we're preparing for Christmas and then Christmas hits. Well, we got some days. We still got some days to keep going. And if, you know, culturally, that's not really how it, how it always works in, you know, different communities. And again, I get that. Um, so for me, I'm only speaking for me personally, um, is, you know, I'm in the Christmas spirit early but as far as like the celebratory of Christmas side of it, you know, we don't decorate soon. We're only like a couple weeks beforehand when we're putting up trees and stuff like that, but we leave ours up mm. and we leave it through actual church liturgical Christmas. Mm. And I think if we, you know, kind of looked at it at that, you know, we talk about the, the break between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Has anybody getting any work done in three weeks? I don't know. I'm typically not. Um, and then, you know, off until the new year. But if we were intentional about preparing for Christmas year round, I mean, you look at the team of ghosts, they, they, they're preparing for Christmas yeah. um, and for that moment of somebody's redemption. Like that's their, that's how they're living and singing. Um, which makes me think, you know, gosh, I hope the afterlife is a musical. <laughs> I love that. And the guy, I knew it. Um, that was fantastic. The side comment, everything was just so good about this movie for me. Um, but yeah, they, they are in the Christmas mindset all the time. Yeah. How can we be in the Christmas mindset all the time? You know, I love that you tapped into that because that was one of the things I thought was really cool about this movie is this idea of preparation. And I'm not just talking about, you know, preparing for Christmas, but I mean, this, they are. But there's always a goal in sight for them. 
There's always, there's an, there, and, and yeah. when one ends, they prep for the next goal because can we reach the next person? Can we get this, get this right? And I did love that aspect of this film is that it, it sort of gave you that behind the scenes look of like, you know what, this night is special. Uh, this is what we do. But, but, you know, they're showing January, February, March, every month, you know, the sort of preparation, let's, let's build towards this. And I'm watching that going, my gosh, this, the great thing about this isn't just that they're always thinking about Christmas. And I think that's madness to say we're thinking about Christmas all the time, but it's focused on a goal all the time. It's goal oriented hope. And every yeah. single new, every single Christmas Eve, their goal is to try and see this one person get redeemed one person changed their ways. And I, I, I mean, we live at a time that, like we said, going back to what we were saying before, that's, a, those are, there are hard questions about what that means, what that means. But the idea of living with that hope in the forefront, with that, with that goal going forward, you know, what can we do to to make make people better make ourselves better now i'm not talking about their not goal their goal isn't to make themselves better but i'm, I'm speaking now myself mm -hmm. make ourselves better make the world better make things better building 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 all year round so that christmas is a celebration of change christmas is a yeah. celebration of hope but we we so easily lose sight of it because let's be serious things suck they're like they suck on Christmas, but we managed yeah, to do, turn away from them and sort of focus on something else for a few minutes. For a few minutes, right? Um, well, and that's such a that's an important thing too when you think about like th that being goal oriented. So it makes me beg the question: Are we asking the wrong or not the wrong question? Are we asking the whole question? Hmm. You know, we're talking about can someone be redeemed? Yeah. Well, maybe the question isn't can that person re be redeemed. Maybe that question is is how can I walk along somebody in such a way where redemption becomes part of their story? Mm. And which is, I think what we again, start to see in spirited with Will, Will Ferrell's character is he's, he is goal focused. He's, he's very focused on like Clint's redemption, but he gets to the point where he can't talk at him anymore. And he has to sh invite him into this other story, into his own journey to lead him down this path. And, you know, are we, can that person re be redeemed? I don't know, honestly. Is it up to me to answer that question? Do I have the authority to yeah. answer that question? And as we're talking, that's what I'm maybe a little bit of resolution for me is I don't have the authority, I think, to ask that question or to designate somebody as unredeemable. But what I do have the authority over is my behavior. Yeah. And how can I live in such a way, whether I have a direct relationship with this person over here or not, but how can I live my life in such a way where there comes a time in somebody else's life where they're questioning their redemption or whatnot, their salvation, their, their goodliness, whatever it is. Have I lived in such a way where they can be like, you know what, this person believed in me and now I can believe in me. Um, or this person cared, there must be something good. And I think those are the types of things we rarely ever see. You know, we talk about planting seeds. Mm. We don't know, but I do think there, the question is not so much, 
is that person, can that person be redeemed? But so much how, how can I live my life in such a way where they believe they can be redeemed? And, and one of the things that uh, Scrooge says in this that I think is so interesting, he says, if I can change this guy, maybe there's hope for me too. Mm -hmm, which is, exactly. Which is fascinating to me because he's already been redeemed. But he doesn't know if it, it, yes. if it, if it took. If it's stuck. If it's stuck. And I love that you talked there about, about him inviting him into his story. Because I think, you know, we, we so often, we're so quick to blame and rather open up and say, this is my brokenness and let's, and, and then you mm -hmm. end up, oh, oh my yeah. gosh. And, and, but it's when we admit our own brokenness that hope has a chance to break in for everybody and including mm -hmm. ourselves, but including, it also helps the other. So the other doesn't have a false view of who we are. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. love And I think when we take that focus away of mm. like, if I take my focus away of, am I redeemed? Did it took? Like, if that becomes my, my focus, then I'm not living a life in such a way that cultivates, you know, the sharing of that story. I'm, I'm too worried. And we, we see that with Scrooge to your point, he keeps asking the question, you know, did it take, or if I can do that for that person, you know, then I'm good. But if that's the only way we're approaching it, then we're missing out on the opportunity to invite somebody in and sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you no 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 that was great that was really going. good um <laughs> and i think uh, i don't know who said it but in the film they say our choices make us who we are don't they and this idea of choosing our actions forward is something just to echo something else you said earlier on um making those choices about pouring into someone else with openness and authenticity, and they use the word authenticity in this, um, mm -hmm. is it can is such a healing moment for you and also for the other. You know, I like what you said there because I yeah, mean, yeah, and go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay, I said, and going back to what you just said, which was so good, um, like you talked about, like thinking of. You know, has it take it? Did it take for me? And like, man, I, you know, like we've, you and I have talked, I've talked on the podcast about my own mental health issues. And it's just speaking for myself here, just speaking honestly. And I think it's so easy to let that be the, be the rope around proverbial weight on our shoulders, you know, is, is how can we, but how can we live today? to be a better person than we were uh, before. It's a, it, where's your focus? If you focus on, on the past or moving forward, um, I, think, I think that's a fascinating conversation. Absolutely, and, and building space for grace in that. You know, I love at the end when he's like yelling at his kids and he, say, he says, it still slips out because it's that recognition of he's over, he, he's acknowledged and I don't know if he's fully overcome that fear that that old person would still slip out so much as he's accepted it and looks at it within the holistic picture of this, like, you know, this slipping out or these missteps or these flaws or failures don't negate 
what it is that I believe about myself now in the life that I'm trying to live into. And so often we weigh ourselves by what we do wrong within the context of our beliefs and our faith and, you know, our, our, um, you know, our work, our families, it's so easy to focus on the what ifs or when those things slip. But I think that is one of the things that Clint gave Scrooge in this movie was the, was an understanding of grace. Like, I really, I don't think Scrooge had that until he met Clint. And while he didn't, he may not realize he was doing it. I think Clint, you know, you've got a whole song, Good Afternoon, which is basically a big F you. Um, But, you know, take it a bit to an extreme. But in that moment, I think he's actually demonstrating a little bit of grace to be like, this is reality. You just don't have to be defined by these moments, but you can still accept them as part of, you know, of a human experience. And sometimes I wonder too, is, you know, is it a bit, it's something I wrestle with all the time. And I've probably said it one way earlier on this and now I might be changing my mind, but that's part part of these conversations is we grow and we talk through, you know, is it about being a better me or is it just being, or is it just about being um, a good me? And, and I know that because things like good and better, they can be very subjective. But so when I say like, can I be a good me as in, can I be the person who I am in this moment in all ways with the messiness, but also with the goodness. Um, knowing that tomorrow I might not be me. And the next day, you know, I, it, should I strive to be better or should I just strive to be good? Um, mm. And again, not so much behaviorally good, like when we say be good. Um, and I specifically say, I'm specifically saying not being right because mm. right, you know, am I right? Um, or can I be right, the right me or something? Because that implies a, a weight and measure that's a little bit more rigid than I like to lean into. Um, but knowing that, even if I'm like, you know, not the nicest person to my kids one day, I'm still, I was made in God's image, the way I believe things being made in God's image, and I'm still very good. Um, But I am not perfect, but I'm still very good. And that is a question whether or not somebody can be redeemed, again, different question. But I do believe that everybody was made to be very good, and that their element is there. Well, therein lies the question of what does it mean to be good? Because good, if good implies being without blemish, we are all blemished. But I like that you sort of said the definition between good and perfect. But I think it's grace that it's by grace we can be good and perfection is off the table. Yeah, Yeah, to be good, I think, is is simply to say I that a to be good means for me, when I say somebody is very good, I mean, they have value. They are inherently of worth. Okay. And as such, they deserve, a, they deserve grace, whether I want to give it to them or not. And whether or not they take it. I, I can't make somebody take a hold of their own redemption and believe in that grace. But if I believe as, as a professing Christian that, we're made in the image of God and God called us very good, then that person over there, Scrooge, is very good as uh, with inherent value. Whether or not Scrooge lives into it is not something I can help. I can try, 
but I can't force Scrooge, just like Scrooge couldn't force Clint to accept redemption. Oh, that's interesting. I like I like the de- the the way you're breaking down that definition because I think you know that's such a hard line or or I mean we live at a time where we draw hard lines very fast. And and there are times we need to. We need to draw hard lines very fast and I yes. think you know we've gone the other oh, way yeah. where we haven't drawn them hard and fast. But this idea Absolutely. of acknowledging, this idea of acknowledging just value for the sake of being made, uh, the sake of being human beings, and uh, you know, you already said in the theological term for in God's image, that there's something beautiful of in that. Um, gives them gives gives everyone value. But the decision to live into that value is is the everyday option is the everyday choice. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this film acknowledges that very, very well. It's you know what I, I thought was very interesting about this film is that what was very interesting about this film? I will tell you what I think was very interesting about this fin- film um, is that it it blurs the lines between the ghosts and humanity. It's very yes. interesting. So um, the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas past is, you know, been missing out on some loving. For, <laughs> she's she is fantastic. And she was so funny. She she's been missing out on some loving. You know, it's been like ah, oh, it's been been some time. Um, they humanized the ghost. I loved it. They did. And Will Ferrell's goal was to settle down. Yeah. Um, so it, there's an acknowledgement in some ways that there's something inherently good about the hard human experience. And and the other versions don't have that because it's very much like, look, we we know you're gonna die, so you better get it right, because you're gonna you're gonna burn if you don't turn it around. Uh, and then he changes and everything, everything, the world is different and he changes completely. But this one, this one acknowledges things a little bit differently. And there's still that story, still that story of the damage that can be done if you're, if for someone reckless, again, we talked about this with Ryan Reynolds and, and the, the cyberbullying. but there's also something to be said for like, you know what, there are, there's good here too. There's something good on this end. And having grown up in the church, we don't get that very often. <laughs> I'm not saying that the world is a wonderful place because it's often not. But there's there there there's something good about the human experience that makes it worth pouring into, worth saving, worth treasuring these moments, um, as opposed yeah, to the end. Absolutely. Fine. And that's something else too. Again. Obviously, since this is about spirited, I don't have to feel bad about keep keep coming back to this movie. Um, you know, something that was a little bit different is when you look at A Christmas Carol, you look at how Scrooge is, you know, quote unquote, reaping, you know, the consequences of his own actions directly for the most part. Whereas in Clint's case, he's bearing the consequences of how he instructed somebody else 
to make a choice and then how she responded to that choice. Mm. And I think that's something that Spirited does well is to show, you know, and because the ghosts are always talking about the ripple and the ripple. Are they making a big enough ripple? You know, he finally gets to sing the song about the ripple. <laughs> um, and with with the classic Christmas Carol, you've got that ripple effect, but it's still more on what Scrooge did to others, a, a direct result of his like immediate action. Okay, he doesn't pay Bob Cratchit enough. Bob Cratchit can't afford, you know, the doctor or the medicine for Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim's dies. Okay, with Clint, it is Clint makes very poor decisions. As such, he advises somebody of their own to to go a different direction who still has their own autonomy. I mean, Bob Cratchit can't help that he's not being paid, but his niece does have a choice. And if she goes through with that choice of his behavior, of what he's advisor to do, that then impacts somebody else's value and choice of themselves. And then, you know, you've got that moment. So I think Spirited does a really good job too of those interaction of stories, but also the interaction of impact in the ripple. And it's not as a clear direct because then you've got, you know, okay, Kimberly, well, she's now complicit in some of these things. So the the interconnectedness um, of this movie, I think, is what sets it apart from so many other adaptations of A Christmas Carol. Personally, that's me. Yeah, I like what you're saying there. And in this story, every story matters which is a popular theme amongst, yeah. you know, film in 2022. But this film does it very well. Um, it's, yeah, yeah, it's well done. Yeah, it's, it's, it's top three. It's top tier for me for a reason. Well, it's also classic Will Ferrell. It's the best of his characters. I feel like you got a little bit of Elf. You got a little bit of Rick Bobby. You know, that, uh, that just, uh, it's just, you know, that humor, but not, you know, it's not like, you know, old school humor, Will Ferrell. So it's, uh, it for me too, on a lighter note, it was classic Ryan Reynolds, classic Will Ferrell. They did what they do well and they worked well together and it made a good movie. There was even shades of Get Off the Shed. Do you know the reference to Get Off the Shed? I don't actually. What is that? Try and send you the link. That is, it is one of his most classic Saturday Night Live characters about a man oh, barbecuing outside yes. and he's so calm and then his kids off screen are on the shed and he's great. There's shades of get off the shed in this actually in moments. Gotcha. And I'm yeah, like, I'm not as familiar with the SNL side of things. Oh. I was not allowed to watch it for a very long time. I, I don't want to alarm you, but you're older now. And... Uh, you know, I know I could, I could watch, watch things. It just doesn't ever cross my mind. I have such limited time to watch things because I mean, am I yelling at my kids to get off the shed? No, but is it probably very close to something like that? Yes. Um, so when I do have time, I have to be very selective. And I was very grateful that this was one of the things I was selective about and got to enjoy. And um, that, and I watched that in a day where I needed some Christmas spirit. I needed it. And it, it did just that. Well, I mean, we've already said our answer, but I got, but I do it every time, so I'm going to do it. Spirited, screen it or skip it. And I will add this. I will add this too, though, Heather, obviously. Anything else that people should screen since this is the Christmas, at this Christmas time. So, Spirited. So as far as Christmas 
Christmas carols. Yeah, so two Christmas carol specifics. You have to watch Maggie's Christmas Carol. Like you just you just have to. Um, and the Albert Finney Scrooge. I watch that every Christmas Eve wrapping presents with my parents when we go visit. Every Christmas Eve, um, that's the one that we watch. Um, also, I highly recommend Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. That was another one I watched. It was good. I was really down. Um, and I just I needed the joy element and the the dry humor. I needed that that day. So that's um. But it also has its poignant moments. Um, and again, about stories and knowing people's stories and, um, you know, giving within those relationships. I think we could naturally segue into to that actual movie from this, but we'll, we'll save that for another day. Um, so those are going to be those, 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 those holiday season stories. Those are, those are my two Christmas carols. And I would, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy uh yeah, Gar guardians is fun it is it is really fun i'm not gonna lie um mickey's christmas carol is an all-timer for me um again especially nostalgia. as you wear a mickey mouse christmas sweater you gotta be festive uh but it's just great it's just so good um i the greatest christmas special of all time remains rudolph the red-nosed reindeer hands down uh any other any other i thought you were going to say the star wars holiday special but you went somewhere different with that you could watch that if you are are had a little bit too much eggnog and uh you want to <laughs> um right. no rudolph is great we always watch white christmas the original miracle on 40 34th street you know uh, e-man and she-ra christmas special is also delightful i have that dvd I, I do have that on TVT and that that is a real thing that exists and 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 was a major part of my childhood um you know and the Barbie Christmas Carol is a pretty good one too actually I have not Barbie I don't know if I've Christmas seen that Carol. one that one that one I would say screen that if you're if you're just going through a day where all you're watching are going to be like Christmas Carol versions which sounds like one of the best days of my life and i need to do that um is i'd add barbie's christmas carol in there too it, it's that's a good one uh you know what else is good is arthur christmas have you seen of course elf i mean elf but arthur yeah. christmas have you seen arthur christmas i don't know if i've actually seen it all the way it's i i really was impressed with that one i it it's a it's a joyful uh joyful little film I like Ardman's work, though. And I know there's going to be people are not happy with this. We have not mentioned a Muppet Christmas Carol. And which is also very fun. But I just love Mickey. If I had to choose between the two, I just love Mickey. I, I'm not a fan of Muppet. There's Christmas one in particular I have not mentioned, and it shall not be named. And I will not name it or the actor in it. Um, Voldemort Christmas? What are you talking about? That I, that, that I think is an abomination. Spill now you have to say come on the Jim Carrey version of a Christmas carol. Yes. Oh, it's not an abomination. It's I a horror it. movie. Yes, uh, it is. I can't stand it. I shouldn't. It, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. And that's just <laughs> it. It's terrifying. And while there are terrifying elements of this story, the whole movie shouldn't look scary. Anyway. Sorry, I refuse to watch it and have it in my house. And my kids can grow up and have therapy about it later that their mom didn't let them watch that version. I feel far more strongly about 
Polar Express than I do about uh, do about that one. I just I can't. oh well, them's fighting words, oh, and we're gonna have to take this offline for Polar Express. No, between Polar Express and that version of Christmas Carol, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not a not a fan of Polar Express. It makes I me question. I question a lot about you right now. Well, then we need to go back around to a happy note. Um, okay. Scrooge, of course, Scrooge is fun. Scrooge, duh. Yeah, with um, Bill Murray. Bill Murray. That's just a, that's a fun one. As far as contemporary like retellings of it, I would say Spirited is better. Um, oh, yeah. Like ten times more. Um, and to your point of contextual humor, and does it is it really timeless? You know, then what does it mean to have a story, a, a, a film that is you know an adaptation that is truly timeless? I would say Scrooge does not personally um but uh anyway but that's always a, a fun one to die hard but yeah well that's another conversation of is it a christmas movie or not because if you think it's spirited it may not be a holiday classic where does die my first thought was where does die hard fall in this that was your first thought from that comment <laughs> wait yes. a minute but, but about die hard uh when you and- said you weren't sure spirited it was going to be a Christmas classic. I was like, so what does he mean? Think about Die Hard. Like, I, I seriously, that's what, because we were having that conversation in the group chat a while back. Wasn't that the conversation again with, with some people? Die Hard, a Christmas movie. Yeah, that is true. It is true. And, uh, and I, I, there's a lot of good ones to watch. Batman. I love Christmas. That's, uh, I, I say the Batman. If, since we've all kicked the doors off, I say Batman and Gremlins are Christmas movies, but that's another story. Um, Heather, thank you so much. Christmas movie or takes place at Christmas? Like, is Hawkeye a Christmas show? Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and is there a difference? See, we should have this conversation to start with. Anyway, um, for next year. Next year. <laughs> Heather, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I love our chats. And uh, I really am thankful for for the chance to chat with you about Spirited always it's always a pleasure and it's fun especially if i get to talk about something that i loved from start to finish i will try to find something you don't love from start to finish next time and and for you at home a reminder <laughs> and i know now what you don't right. like um, yeah. and for you at home a reminder you can find us wherever podcasts are available if you go to the screenfish.net you can download fishing for more which are small group questions uh, to help get conversation started where you are. Uh, you can always find us on YouTube and smash that subscribe button, as my my kids YouTubers always say. Um, and uh, we will be, na- be I, I thought this was the last one for 2022, but we have one more sneaking in under the riot radar. Next week, we will be talking Avatar, The Way of Water, uh, with Dave Voigt and Adam Klein. It'd be a lot of fun. Uh, And for you at home, we started the conversation. This was Christmas.